Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. Luna Afroze of Luna Bags and so much more. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. My mom is from Thailand and Laos. And came here for university. So I love a good immigrant story. So please share your journey of coming to the United States. Yeah, so I am originally from Bangladesh. So my family is kind of like the melting pot of South Asia. You know, some of us are from Bangladesh, some from India. My mom's side of the family is from India. Some are from other areas. Yeah. So, you know, I was 20 years old when I first moved to this country, you know, exactly for the same reason, oh. you know, for education. I went to University of Texas at Austin. And so after that, you know, I stayed here because, you know, back at that time, even though I didn't know what I was going to do in future. I didn't have an identity, you know how it is in your 20s. But I felt like whatever dream I would be doing, it would be at the global level and this country would provide me that platform. Wow. I always had that understanding. Yeah, that's really amazing. So you started in Texas and then you've been to a few other places. So what was that journey like? Where did you go from Texas? Oh, yeah. I actually lived in quite a different states in the United States, (laughs) you know, seven different states so far. Yeah. From Texas, I went to Missouri, then Michigan for a few weeks in New Jersey, Atlanta, and then Bay Area. Mm. And was that for work or just exploring? Yes, uh, that was I was doing consulting work back at that time. And since I am single, I had the opportunity to uproot myself. Yeah. Very nice. Well, my parents met in California when I was born was in Kansas, but I've lived a few places as well. I think that's fantastic, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're consulting as you were, that you can move and see what place feels right for you. Yeah, I mean, in general, you know, you have to, you know, feel connected to the environment. Yeah, so I felt connected to California. Atlanta was growing. Atlanta is gorgeous. But for some reason, California felt like home. And as you mentioned, you lived in different states. You know, each state, the culture is so different. You know, we hear about these things, but we don't really understand it unless you you know live there. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your newest ventures. So you were consulting for businesses, and then now you've moved into entrepreneurship? Yeah. So I was in Atlanta, you know, I was consulting basically in the management consulting area, you know, product management, analysis, all this stuff. But, you know, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and, you know, and, but, you know, I'm also a human being. So for a long time, you know, lack of clarity, lack of focus, fear, a lot of these things were a holdback for me. Yeah. And eventually I made a leap of faith. You know, for a lot of us, it, it starts with the depression, mental shutdown. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times it starts with the negative experience. Sometimes that's actually good. So that's ha- what happened in Atlanta. And I told myself either I take the leap of faith. I know it's hard. Otherwise, you know, I will not be able to live with myself because I was just going against my natural instinct. So I took a leap of faith. I quit my job in Atlanta. Mm-hmm moved here in the Bay Area without any job, but you know, goal was entrepreneurship. Oh my gosh. So talk about that journey, because now you have a handbag line, right? Yeah, so it's a unisex bag, bags line. Yeah, we make backpacks as well, in addition to others. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, what drew you to that out of everything you can do as an entrepreneur? What drew you to fashion, but not only fashion, but conscious fashion? 
Yeah. And, you know, I work in the IT industry, you know, like I'm an outsider to the fashion. So for a lot of us nowadays, if you see the brands, conscious brands that have started, people who have started, a lot of times they are not from the fashion background. They wanted to solve a problem of environmental crisis. So my father was in the jute mills industry. I was actually born in the jute mills. Jute is like a sustainable fiber, similar to hemp. So I always wanted to do something sustainable. I didn't want to solve the problems in fashion. Back at that time, I also became a vegan. So I'm like, okay, let me just, you know, start something in that area. And I started researching about all of the stuff in fashion, you know, how we are actually destroying the environment. So that became passion of mine. Yeah. Well, tell us about the bags because you have a unisex bag, you have a backpack. And so again, I think many entrepreneurs are trying to solve a problem right? Yes. Whether they know how to or they're in the industry or not, that's how we're driven. We want to fix something that we see that we want to use or have in our lives. And so clearly you're a vegan, you know, you're being conscious. So this is what you went into. So how did you decide on the bag and the backpack? And are you looking at expanding into other products as well? Yes, absolutely. My apologies. I didn't answer your previous question properly. So my initial idea before I moved to California was to, you know, since I wanted to do something with jute, the hemp fiber itself. Yeah. So I wanted to make recyclable grocery bag. Mm. But, you know, I didn't connect with that idea. I felt like this is very easily mimicable and that didn't excite me. So when I first came to this area, I got into BART and I'm like, in other parts of the United States, you really don't have a need of public transportation except for California and New York. And I started watching people, how people carry themselves, how people are balancing themselves. And my focus went into the bags that they were carrying. Mm. I came home one day and I'm like, let me draw something. And sometimes, you know, in a blink of an eye, if you feel like, hey, this this is maybe what you should be doing, you should do that. If your gut tells you that, hey, I think I need to do this. Hey, Mm. I think I need to go for traveling. Hey, I think I need to do this. You just have to accept that, hey, that's going to be your journey and just, you know, go for it. So that's what I did. I did a sketch and then I started, you know, practicing sketching and I went for it. Okay, that's what started my journey. I started researching, okay, what are the problems we are creating in the world? I became a vegan because I couldn't find the vegan bags. So I tried to try to solve all these problems. And once we created our first sample, I did not think about doing something for you know men and women. Oh. I thought about for women, but I showed it to a guy and then he wanted to grab it. Like as if it was candy. So I'm like, you know, men and women are equal. Why not create a product that satisfies both? Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you started this about two and a half years ago? Yeah, so we launched in 2020, the website and everything, but the product development started about two years back. It takes a long time, you know, to identify, to go to design, iteration, selecting raw materials, selecting finishing. It takes a long time. So mm. we spent quite a long time in product development before we launched. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, I think as somebody who's not in fashion, understanding that process of how you have to pick materials, especially if you're trying to source ethical, sustainable materials, right? Is it easier now, would you say, than it would have been in the past, especially knowing your background with jute? Or are there still issues finding the right people to source materials from? So as you mentioned, it's easier in the sense now I have experience. Um, you know, I know what questions to ask, what mm. kind of materials not to choose. But, you know, once you solve one problem, you always get into another problem. That's just okay. the way life is. 
Yeah. So certain problems are easier. Certain problems are still brand new. Mm-hmm. They come up. So when moved from consulting to entrepreneurship, was that journey difficult? Were there a lot of things that you feel like you had to learn that were new or were they things that you saw when you were doing consulting? So it was a little easier to make that shift. Difficult is not the world I would be using. Mm-hmm. It felt like a transition to a different world. Like one world, I am Luna and another world, I'm like someone else, you know? Like one person, two different identities. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) best way I can say, you know, like Superman Mm -hmm. and and doing daytime, you know, Clark Gable. So think about it that way. (laughs) Okay. I love that. I don't think anybody has used that kind of analogy before moving from being corporate, you know, into entrepreneurship, but I like that very much. So what are some of the things that you found most difficult with starting your business? Were you able to get financing? What about the marketing aspects? Starting whether it's a business or anything, you know, I think the most difficult part is that I don't know what I don't know. Right. You are blindsided. You're making a lot of mistakes. That's the way to learn. But the mistakes are very painful. Mm. Um, Obviously, marketing is a huge part, let's say 60 to 70 percent of a retail business. And, you know, we are still trying to understand, you know, what marketing is, you know, social media marketing. How does it actually work? Right. It's everywhere, but it's very difficult. It's a difficult ballgame. And today's consumers are very demanding. So you cannot just show them a product and ask them to purchase it or look at it. You have to show reviews, social channels, websites, a lot of stuff. So yeah, it's very challenging. Mm -hmm. And is that stuff you had to learn yourself and run? Did you hire a team? Yeah, so I am lucky enough to have a small team. You know, obviously, if the company grows, the team will grow. But, you know, want to keep this team small and agile. But yeah, initially, I started with myself. But you have to have a team too. you know, you cannot do everything yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. None of us are good at everything. (laughs) None of us are good at everything. Yeah. But you have to oversee. Yeah. Yeah. So what keeps you going on this journey? I know retail, particularly launching during the pandemic, couldn't have been easy. Oh, it was very tough, demotivating, to be honest, you know, Mm. because pandemic started in 2020 and lasted, let's say, till the beginning of 2022, right? That's when the vaccine came out. And since we were a new brand, you know, digital marketing, we are spending a lot of money, but digital marketing is so cluttered. We were not being successful. So we started questioning ourselves, doubting ourselves, Mm. you know, is our product good enough? Yeah. Are we really solving the problem or did we solve a fictitious problem? Hmm. Yeah. So now we are talking to customers, meeting customers face to face. So we solved a problem. But, you know, what we learned is that customers, when it comes to product, they they love the look and feel and functionality of the product. Mm -hmm. It's up to us to provide the benefit of sustainability and cruelty. It's our responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because I feel like we hear a lot that consumers nowadays, they want to know that products are sustainable. Right. But it sounds to me like you're saying they just really want a really good product, a product that is useful, that looks good, that functions well, that's the right price. That matters more still to the consumer than the other parts. Yes. So consumers will definitely buy a sustainable product, but Mm -hmm. as long as it's meet the other criteria, aesthetics, functionality, price. Otherwise, you know, they will say, yeah, it's good. Maybe I'll buy it some other time. Maybe someone else will buy it, you know. Uh, got it. Everyone has to sustain themselves. They had to earn their bread and butter. So that's what we have learned. Yeah. 
if you could go back, what advice would you give to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Don't stress so much thinking what the future will be. Focus on one thing, try your level best. And, you know, you are going to evolve and change tomorrow and become a different person. You don't know what the future will be, but focus on today, try your level best and, you know, manage your stress. So that's what I will say. <laughs> Easy to say, I think. Easy to Harder say. To do, right? <laughs> like stress is like a big thing for all of us, you know? Yeah. So you said you have the two products. You started with one and then you decided you needed the backpack. Is that how it worked or? We started with uh, four different styles. Okay. Mm. And then we eliminated one. So we started off with a small bag that we decided, hey, it would be fun to make it a convertible bag so that people can use oh, it yeah. over the shoulder and backpack, you know? startups we are not afraid of risk you know we don't think about whether the market fit or not we just want to do it many times you know that's the best part of being in a startup so that's what we thought and then we said okay since we have made this let's make a backpack so all right we have made a backpack let's see let's make a tote bag and then we made a small other bag but you know we didn't launch it we launched this wow. three mm -hmm. and do you see yourself moving into other products Yes. So we are working on our next line. So initially, we'll probably stay in the bag area. We want to hone on to and see how we can market bags properly. Mm -hmm. So anything that can be, let's say, veganized, shoes, for example. Right. Yeah. So we should solve that problem. And maybe later on, you know, jacket or something that we can solve, but also it's aesthetically pleasing to customers. Yeah. So yeah. What are some of the ways that you found you've been able to gain customers successfully? Because I know you, you talked about how digital marketplace, you can spend a lot of money, it can be really crowded. Okay. Customer doesn't always know what they're getting because they're not feeling it in person. Correct. So for us, you know, we are very conscious about what, where we expose ourselves to. So we are trying to be at the outdoor marketplaces where other designers, other brands go so that, you know, the customers that can come and see our product and they can also feel that, hey, they are not there alone. They are represented by a bunch of other uh, quality brands or, you know, innovative brands. So we are going to all of these places. And then, you know, we are also having pop-ups. We are interacting with customers and then customers are, this is lightweight and this looks good you know you can take it everywhere so that's where customers are purchasing our product and we are getting rave reviews 2020 and 2021 was very stressful time for us but now we are enjoying it because you know okay. we are feeling this yeah. <laughs> and are you mostly in the bay area or are you doing pop-ups in other places so this year we are in the Bay Area. So now we have learned, okay, how our product is attracted to our customers, but you know, we need to tweak this way, this way. Mm -hmm. So now we are going to hone on to this, what worked for us, and then, you know, focus on California and then eventually focus on other areas of the United States. Okay. Well, I definitely have some people in Los Angeles to introduce you to that would be great partners. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> What about the experience of being a female founder and an immigrant? Have you found that that's created any barriers for you? To be honest, you know, regardless of the cultural background or your skin color, mm -hmm. females always face barriers. Mm -hmm. So that's just the nature of the game. You know, whether you work in corporate or entrepreneurship. So being accepted, being taken seriously is always a problem. But, you know, people also believe female. So that's the pros of it, you know. You know, people don't take us seriously. But when we say something, people believe us. Mm. So let's see. That's the challenge we face. And especially once we get more funding, we'll, uh, we'll have to overcome these challenges, you know. 
Yeah. And investors need to, you know, hear us, believe us. Yeah. So yeah, that's the nature of the game. We just have to fight it, fight it well. Something I hear so much, especially from women entrepreneurs, is that a lot of times they take a male into the room with them because they, they won't be listened to. And then it's still so many barriers. You can have the best business plan in the world and have all the numbers, but there's still something there that often keeps us, you know, we're still overlooked. Probably because it's also a male-dominated society. Maybe they don't connect with us, you know. So we need female representative on the other side as well. You know, females need to help females because we are similar. Yeah. So maybe that's the reason. So, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also hear a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, what other advice would you have for somebody? Because a lot of people who listen to the program are in corporate and they want to be move into entrepreneurship. So what are some other pieces of advice that you would offer to them? So in life, the most challenging part for entrepreneurship or for anything, I think, is to start. Mm -hmm. Starting is the most difficult thing. You know, for a lot of us, our responsibilities, as I mentioned, fear hold us back. If we hear 80% of the entrepreneurs fail, all this thing holds us back. So if you have an idea, think a little bit over it. And then the best thing is to start. It's okay to do research, but the best thing is honestly to start. So that's one thing. And if you are not ready to start yet, then make sure you keep connected to the entrepreneurial community. Hmm. Meet with entrepreneurs, listen to podcasts, you know, so that you have the creative juice, you know, going so that you are in that, you know, circle right. so that you can eventually take that action. Otherwise, you would be removed from the environment hmm. and you hmm. won't feel motivated to come back to it. Yeah. Who are some of the mentors that have helped you on your journey, if you had any? Honestly, I haven't been that lucky enough to find uh, good mentors. For me, I'm a solo founder. It has been trading the path, trading the path alone. Mm -hmm. But sometimes some of the advice I have received are from strangers. Yeah. One person I met or kind of communicated and then that person said, we should do it this way. And then, it, and that was the right advice because, you know, I'm thinking about it. So it reassured what I was thinking. So oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we hear a lot that you have to surround yourself with advisor. So the, uh, you have to have co-founder. There's no one way of doing things. There are multiple ways of doing things. Just, you know, go ahead with what you feel comfortable with. And then, you know, everything will fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra that you live by? It's in my native language. The way we say it is like, Bindu, Bindu, Jal, Jome, Shindu, Hai. That means small drops of waters form an ocean, oh. or form a large river. So that's what I was trying to say. Starting is important. Yeah. Taking small actions is important because it, you know, it, it accumulates, it makes you who you are. So that's one thing. And second thing is, failure is a pillar of success. You are oh. bound to fail. So every time you fail, you have to get up. Every time you fail, you talk to your friends, have a glass of wine or, you know, <laughs> go crazy, cry, but you have to get up. Yeah. Yeah. That is so important. I always say it's not really failing. It's just a lesson that you needed to learn to get better at what you're doing so that you can succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. On social media, can we find you at Luna Bags? Yeah, so we, you can find us at lunabags.com. That's the website. 
We are on all social media and our handle is Luna Bags for you, all spelled out. Oh, okay. Wonderful. <laughs> Luna Bags for you. Well, I will look forward to seeing what you do next and what other products you come out with. Is there any last thing that you wanted to share with our audience today? I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about myself and share my journey. And I just want to let the audience know that, you know, wherever you are, whether you are an entrepreneur or not, life can be challenging. But, you know, if you have a dream, work on it. Don't focus on the noise. Don't focus on should or should be, mm -hmm. you know, just move forward and surround yourselves with people who believe in you. Yeah, it's wonderful advice. Luna, thank you so much for speaking to me today and sharing your journey. Again, I'm excited to see what you do next and what other products you come out with and getting you down to Los Angeles. So yeah, after I push stop on the recording, we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> Love to. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. And thank you to the audience for coming back. I'm Annika Jackson here with another episode of Your Brand Amplified. I'll be back again in a few days with another amazing story. Want more? Check out AmplifyWithAnnika.com or follow me on socials at AmplifyWithAnnika.com.